Welcome to the Tech and Transitional Energy podcast at the VSA. It's Thursday the 31st and it's myself, David Scriven, and it is Phil Smith who joins me on a rather chilly day. How are you? Did you put all those um, warm clothes up in the attic and now had to put, put them all down again? <laughs> We've had snow up in Newmarket, David. And the sun is now shining brightly. So one minute, very, very cold. And now it's getting a lot warmer. So let's hope it stays that way. But I fear it might not. So very mixed weather and very much like the markets at the moment, I feel. Absolutely unpredictable. Anyway, I just wanted to sort of highlight our great leader is not with us at the moment. Um, and I've been sort of scouring the world to try and find out where he is. And he, he wasn't at the Oscars. Now, Talking of the Oscars, Netflix had a setback and Apple became the first screening service to win an Oscar for the best picture coda. So um, think of that in, in, in line of, though, you know, all people who are fang watchers because Netflix has underperformed. Now, having said that, of course, the Nasdaq has recovered quite dramatically since mid-March and um, that's a, a, a very interesting um, feature of the markets um, uh, at the moment, bearing in mind what's happening in geopol geopolitical events, etc. And not least for the fact that US government bonds are about to complete their worst quarter for total returns in the past 157 years. Anyway, notwithstanding that, it is also interesting to see that from the 15th of March, the Fed, when it outlined its interest rate path, has given some uh, comfort to uh, equity markets. So that in mind, and the fact that the FTSE has recovered a bit, but of course it's tech light, so it's been the oil and gas uh, sector and the metals that have um, been supportive, but we'll come into oil and gas a little bit later on. Um, in relation to one of the companies that we're going to talk about. But anyway, I think we should um, perhaps get started and um, first of all, talk about SDCL Energy Efficient Income Trust, SEIT. We, we, we don't have a, a, a ranking on it, but SDCL Energy Efficient Income Trust is the first listed company of its kind to invest exclusively in the energy efficiency sector. So, Phil, could you kindly elaborate a little bit more about uh, them? I Yeah, yeah, I will, David. Um, I just thought this was quite appropriate to mention, given what is, you know, what is happening with, uh, with the global energy mix, energy prices and the impact on us all. Um, and this, uh, this income trust listed on the FTSE 250 in 2021. Um, and according to the uh, to the company, uh, the projects that it invests in um, either provide decentralised on-site generation of power um, and heat, uh, or projects actually reduce energy demand. So, so quite yeah, quite an interesting area this is involved in. Um, and the uh, the company's assets are across the, the UK, Europe, and uh, North America. So you know, geographically. Uh, quite well spread, and they announced this week that they were placing, they were raising 100 million pounds um, by issuing 87 million um, shares at the issue price for 115p. So they they also said that investor demand exceeded the maximum size of the placing. 
um, and had to scale back. So clearly quite a lot of interest in this. And uh, I think one that we'll be looking at more closely. So that's uh, SDCL. Uh, the ticker on that is SEIT. Uh, and, and on the subject of sort of energy and, uh, and energy efficiency and procurement, David, I think that you'd notice results from Inspired PLC this week. Yeah, so I, I took a note, uh, took note of that actually. It's a slight eye catcher, not least for the fact that uh, the share price, which had uh, pulled back a little bit, along with many others, are now close to its all-time high. So, um, Inspired PLC in July 2021, the uh, Inspired Energy PLC became Inspired PLC. The name change was affected to reflect the structure into which the group has evolved, a technology-enabled service provider with the market-leading position for energy procurement, utility cost optimization, and sustainability enhancement in the UK and Ireland, with three clearly defined divisions, Inspired Energy Solutions, Inspired ESG, and Inspired Software. Um, now, their results um, were revenues up 47%. Uh, they've turned profitable. Gross profit was up 30%. And um, they've been acquiring businesses which they can cross sell to their model of net zero carbon services. So I think the company was called BusinessWise that they concluded in those results. Um, and it looked um, really like a company worth keeping an eye on and impressive that the share price, you know, may be moving towards making a new high. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, so, you know, that's not one we follow at the moment, but as I say, keep an eye on. Now, one we do follow um, is Pressure Technologies, and uh, they had a trading update for the first half of 22, and it looks really encouraging. We're very excited by these. and. Um, you know, Phil, if you could kindly go through that, but thematically they're on the mark and, and it looks very interesting. Yeah, well, this is a, I'll better point out first, this is a corporate client of ours. Um, Press Technologies, the ticket is P-R-E-S, uh, it's 25 million market cap, so it's a smaller company, but one, as uh, we will show, is growing. Um, this company is a very long established British engineering company and they're based up in Sheffield. Uh, they are highly specialised engineers and um, they have two divisions in the business. Uh, one of them is Chesterfield Special Cylinders, or CSC as they call it, and the other is Precision Machine Components, or PMC. Now, CSE is one of the country's oldest makers of cylinders. Now, these are very special cylinders. Uh, one, they uh, contain... Uh, gases at extremely high pressures, uh, two, they can make these and they are very, very large. Uh, because they're extremely high pressures means that safety is absolutely critical and the engineering standards used to make these are very high indeed. Such is the quality of this product um, that it's used in our nuclear submarine fleet. Um, so they'd uh, reported trading update um, for their for their first half, their, their, their year ends October 4th. Uh, and they said that for CSE, for the cylinder business, um, their order books have reached the highest level for five years, uh, with order intake, particularly on defence contracts, increasing during uh, during the first half with uh, manufacturing expected to commence in second half. Now, I think mean, very exciting part of this story is these are cylinders to contain high pressure gas. 
and the group is actually working with uh, with Shell on developing cylinders um, for hydrogen refueling stations for vehicles. Uh, and they said today that uh, visibility of future demand from existing and new customers is steadily increasing. Uh, and obviously, hydrogen is seen as a you know as a key element for achieving net zero in in transport. Um, and that the pipeline of opportunities um, for static and mobile delivery systems as in hydrogen grew significantly, which is super news. Uh, they not only got Shell as a client, but McPhi Energy and Haskell Hydrogen Systems, which are, you know, they're part of Ingersoll Rand. So that is all very good. And that's for the CSC business. The PMC business, so it's a machining business, um, they machine parts for the oil and gas industry, particularly subsea um, structures and valve assemblies. Uh, and this has obviously clearly struggled because of the downturn in oil and gas spend uh, when the oil price fell up, um, you know, a couple of years ago. But the oil price has been clearly recovering. Um, and they have customers such as uh, Schlumberger, Halliburton and Baker Hughes. And so they're seeing a recovery uh, in demand from them. Um, they said that they're in line with market expectations for trading. And uh, we're forecasting, given the recovery in oil and gas, the growth in the hydrogen business, the defence business, um, the EBIT data rise from half a million in, in 2021 to 3 million in 2022. So an excellent trading update from them. Indeed it was. And, and could you also comment, because I, I guess input costs are going up. So how can they manage that? I mean, is steel, for example? Uh, yes, they are. Yeah, steel prices is, uh, yes, that is going up. Um, obviously, you know, you've always got challenges on supply, so they work very closely. Uh, they have two main steel suppliers who who they are, uh, who they agree pricing with. So, no, 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 they're working very closely with them to control their pricing. Uh, they, they they outlined how well that's, that uh, work is going in the trading update today. Yeah, and also notice, I think, um, that uh, they're expanding their capacity at Sheffield. So, all rather encouraging. Yep, yep, yeah, it is. Well, they've got a great super British engineer. Good stuff, sir. Okay, so I think moving on, um, the other company that we'd perhaps like to touch on is ZAR, Z A R, uh, which had full year results to 2021, ending 25 million with closing cash. So, if you could kindly comment on that. Yep, they, uh, so ZAR, this is a Cambridge, originally Cambridge, so Cambridgeshire based. Um, printing technology and they make so ZAR is a XAAR is the spelling that the ticket is XAR, uh, it's 192 million market cap. Um, so this company, what it does, it develops uh, digital inkjet technology, uh, and in particular produces pizza electric uh, drop on demand industrial inkjet print heads. Uh, what is an industrial inkjet print head? Well, um, you know, this is not office printers. <laughs> these are things that these are printers that are used on production lines. So you think of, you know, things like uh, if you buy, you know, food products, all the printed packaging it's in food products. You know, you've got things like like drugs, but also you have things like printed tiles and ceramics, for instance. Um, and, and these are, you know. So there's a whole range of applications where industrial printers um, printers are used for promotional material, but it, you know, particularly for ZAR, it's like medical equipment, automotive parts, particularly labeling automotive parts, tool parts, appliances, all sorts of end applications. Um, and ZAR has been in a turnaround period. Um, you know, I think they went through a period where they were a major supplier into the China tile markets, and those markets, you know, 
stalled. And they've had to, you know, Zara had to move into newer markets, but they're in the second phase of a two-year turnaround. Um, the first phase, clearly, when there's major disruption, had to stabilise the business uh, and reset the strategy, uh, which they've done. Um, and they've managed to simplify the technology offering. They've they focused the routes to market. They've removed third-party distributors. It's more now direct sales into OEMs. So you've got close relationships. So this is starting to bear fruit. Um, and we saw some of that in their results. So the four-year results, sales up 23%. Um, gross margins have improved from 27% to 34%, which is super. Shows that customers are willing to pay for the product and pay a good price for it. And adjusted EBITDA from break even up to a 3.2 million EBITDA. So I thought, you know, turnarounds are always very difficult uh, to execute. And this seems to be going to be going very well indeed. And in fact, they said that uh, 2021 revenues from ceramics, you know, like tiles and the glass sector was up 40% over 2020. So, um, you know, well done to them. And um, yeah, good recovery plan they put in place there. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that's another one almost in the stable that we've had today of sort of, you know, particularly two of them, you know, the models now bearing fruit and turn around um, uh, happening for them. So very encouraging uh, trends indeed. Um, so another company that um, you flagged that you would like to have a chat about is 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 Kooth, K-O-O, um, 79 million uh, market cap, I believe. Um, so Sorry? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, indeed. Sorry, David, interrupt interrupted you there no they, they've had results let me just talk about why why i think this one's quite interesting um so they're a uk-based uh company they provide a software platform for digital mental health care now um you know their platform provides online counseling support to children young people and adults in need uh i mean mental health care in the uk is you know, is a significant uh, mental health issue, significant and growing issue. So it's a, you know, it's a structural, well, sadly, very sadly, a structural growth uh, driven story here. Um, and they, you know, they said in their results that um, there were over 7 million children and young people got access to the Cooth platform across the UK today. Um, and uh, one in three, one in 33, so they've actually got access, but one in three access to the platform, one in 33 access to the platform in 2021. But what, what's what's really interesting here is they've seen growing demand um, in the public sector for adult access. Uh, in 2021, they added 14 new contracts um, with, with providers and um, they have 3.8 million adults on the platform. And uh, so they go into a lot of detail about the numbers of, of of people that have access to the platform. But what I found quite interesting here is the relationship with the, the growing relationship with the NHS in the UK. And, um, you know, and they point out that the NHS spends 11 billion pounds a year on men, adult mental health. And as we know, and it's very, you know, very well publicized, there's a huge demand and backlog for this. So this is almost like an intervening step to full NHS care, but it, it you know, it helps provide support. Um, Anyway, so that that all said, um, they reported their revenue was up 28%, so just under 17 million pounds, and that their adjusted EBITDA, so profits, are growing from 0.9 million to 2.1 million, and their margins were improving. So, you know, I, I, I 
an interesting story with a lot of potential structural growth. Um, and if you look at the ratings, you know, it, it, it is highly rated as a stock. You know, it's on EV net revenue multiple of 3.6 times, EV EBITDA 34 times, but then the EBITDA is expected to, this is from Icon forecast, by the way, expect to double in 2022. Um, and they've said that 90% of the current revenues are from recurring annual contracts, which is very good as well. Uh, and the company is, is has cash. You know, it's the net cash at the end of the year was uh, seven point one million pounds. So that it's it, you know got to do your research and all that. But it looks like a very interesting structural story given um, the, the demands on the NHS um, and within the UK society for mental health mental health support. Yeah, no, really good to hear about someone providing a great platform for this um, particular need. And I'm imagining that uh, COVID hasn't helped as well um, for particular people who might be suffering from the condition. So really, really pleased to hear about that and great they've got the cash too. So yeah, that's a, that's a good backdrop as well. So um, no, thanks for that. And then it brings us to Equals Group. And I might just quickly mention that um, I got so carried away on Inspired that um, I mentioned that their share price was a little bit higher than what it was. And I was I, I had the Equals Group in mind. So I do apologise. That was my fault. Equals Group is close to its all time high, whereas Inspired has got a little bit, bit more to catch up. But their their you know, revenues and everything, as I mentioned, were very good. So um, equals group so this is a payments company yeah. and um they're, they're another one that falls into the theme of you know ch changing the model and, and focusing and focusing in a good way that's turned very positively for them so if you could kindly uh, uh lead us through that one yeah i can't this first time I, they had uh, they had results today for your results so it's equals group as in the mathematical equals uh ticket is eqls uh, it's 135 million market cap um, and it's a fintech payments uh, company, and they they say they're in description. They provide small and medium size enterprises uh, suite of payments products across foreign exchange transactions, prepaid card solutions, faster payments, and accounts into which receipts can be credited and payments made. Well, if you run a business um, and you're buying and selling you know, overseas, importing it, whatever, you'll know all about this, I'm sure, and a lot more than I do. Um, anyway, uh, the company says that it's, uh, they describe themselves as being fairly unique in that their uh, their product spans um, account-to-account transfers and cars and cards and, quote, overlaid infrastructure providing bank-grade connectivity and security. Clearly a very good thing. Uh, as far as payments are concerned. And what was also caught my eye with this is that they said um, that their business customer revenue, and remember there's Forex in here, uh, increased to represent 81% of total revenues. This was up from 70% in the UK. So this is not like relying on, you know, travel, um, travel Forex. This is very much business to business. Uh, foreign exchange, so there'll be an element, I'm sure, of of, um, of stickiness in their revenues. So, in terms of the actual transactions that went on over their over their platform, they said that they increased by 63% to 5.7 billion pounds during the period versus 3.5 billion um, previously, which is which is very good. And this dropped through to their gross profits were up 30%. 
um, to 24 million pounds and they're adjusted EBITDA from 1.1 million to 6.7 million and year-end cash was up 30% to 13 million so all moving um, in the right direction and just looking at the stock ratings on this one uh, their EVNR uh, net revenue multiples three times four to 2.5 times or revenue grow from 40 44 million this year just gone to 54 million 2022 this is icon forecast from revenative uh consensus forecast and even ev bit dar ratios forecast for from 40.2 to 9.9 uh, on an ev on ebit dar sorry growing from 6.7 to 9 million in december 2022 so to my mind I mean, that looks quite, obviously investors need to do their own research. It's not a recommendation, but they, those look reasonable ratings um, on the company. And certainly this one looks to be, uh, you know, worth worth a, worth a further look by, uh, by investors. Absolutely. And take that comfort on the cash position because um, it's so important, I think, in, in tough times. You, you can't beat it having, you know, an encouraging uh, position like that. Um, so I think um, that probably uh, wraps us up um, today. Um, thank you very much uh, to the listeners. Um, thank you very much, uh, Phil, for your very insightful comments. And um, we'll we'll call it a day and look forward to uh, the next uh, time we come onto the podcast. And I think our dear leader will be back in the driving seat. Oh, well, we look forward to seeing Andrew back. However, I have to say, David, I very much enjoyed sharing the podcast with you. It's been a pleasure. Many thanks. Thank you, David.